Hello and welcome to Faith and Film. Now, I haven't said that in ages and that's a great disappointment to me because I love my movies, I love talking about them and I love nothing more than talking about them with my great friend Father Peter Malone. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing well and I'm glad that you've got the opportunity to repent and start <laughs> talking about film and faith again. Always, always. And and obviously you're right in front of me, which is a little different because it's, there's usually a good, what, 10,000 miles between us. Except by Skype, we're still right in front of each other That's despite true. the distance. That's true. Yeah. I can't see the decor of your, of your room as I would normally see at this time. That's true, and I have to remember to shut the cupboard, and <laughs> the mirror of the cupboard then reflects on your image, but anyway. Well, I tell you what, it's very timely that you're here, because obviously we've just had the Oscars, and the Best Picture Award, maybe surprisingly, maybe not, went to Spotlight, which of course is a film that has um, a strong Catholic theme in that sense. I don't usually have any contact with bookies, but I do notice that the bookies really thought that The Revenant was going to win and not Spotlight. So apparently there's been quite a shock financially as well as critically. And of course, uh, best original screenplay as well. Yes, that was interesting because that came up early and The Big Short won the adapted screenplay and I thought, well, that's interesting. They've uh, got those two possible contenders coming up to The Revenant, but it never occurred to me that The Revenant wouldn't win given all the hype. Now, Peter, you have written a statement a little while ago on Spotlight. Now, I suppose um, in order to give it some context, this is the film about the Boston Globe's investigative journalism into the clerical child abuse cases in that city uh, in 2001. Yes, I remember when it was happening because, um, James, you may remember I was working on books for film discussions called Light Camera Faith. Very good, yeah the Daughters of St Paul, headquartered in Boston. And I remember being there in 2001 and being aware that uh, there were a lot of cases that were being brought up and criticisms of the Archbishop, who was Cardinal Bernard Law. And then in 2002, I was there the month that the first article was published. But I do remember that one of the priests who's mentioned in the film, Spotlight, was arrested that month. And then I was back at the end of the year, 2002, which was everybody's anus horribilis in the US, and um, Cardinal Law then was transferred to Rome. So it was a kind of momentous year, and the Boston Globe contributed uh, considerably to it. So, um, judging from what I've read, it doesn't seem like we've done a very thorough investigation into the Gagan case. Is that right? No, it's not. We looked hard at Gagan. David Armstrong for Metro, Michael Paulson for Religion. Okay, but uh, just so I understand, beyond our daily coverage, we haven't haven't committed any long-term investigative resources to the question of whether or not Cardinal Law knew about this. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team would do? Spotlight? Well, yeah, but we're still prospecting the uh, Boston PD story I told you about. Could you set that aside? We could. Marty, uh, in past, Spotlight's had success in large part because They pick their own projects. Would you consider picking this one? Now, I mean, obviously the subject matter is is horrendous, but it's it's not the first film to tell this story, even about Boston, is it? That's true, and um, I'd like to know if the makers of Spotlight actually had seen and studied this film, Our Fathers, directed by Dan Curtis in 2005. 
it wasn't from the point of view of the journalists. It was the, from the point of view of um, victims of abuse and Cardinal Law featured and was played by Christopher Plummer. It also focused on the lawyers and especially Mitchell Garabedian, played by Stanley Tucci in Spotlight, but played by Ted Danson in Our Fathers. So there was a considerable focus on lawyers, how the church would handle it, and the role of the victims and their relationships with the priests, especially scenes of some of the men trying to come to terms with their abuse and going to visit, for instance, one priest as he was dying in hospital. So in 2005, there was that tone, and uh, it brought it to the surface. So I'm afraid I got a bit of a shock when Spotlight tended to give an impression that they were the first to discover all of this. It really was an ongoing process, and the work of the police, for instance, which doesn't really get a mention in Spotlight. Now, it goes without saying that it's actually an important theme and an important film, and obviously giving the victims their voices of paramount importance and uncovering the um, you know, the, the rather shocking behaviour of those officials and, and the church at that time. In what way is this a sort of a film deserving of critical praise? I think it's well written. I think it's a very interesting film dramatising investigative journalism. And could I just mention in passing a very interesting film called Truth, which was about Dan Rather and the team targeting um, George Bush in 2004 for CBS. The film was directed by Robert Redford, who plays Dan Rather, and has Kate Blanchett as the leader of the team. I found it interesting that I saw those two films within a couple of weeks of each other. So Americans tackling investigative journalism very well. So that's one of the great strengths, I think, of Spotlight. The dialogue is sharp. The characterizations uh, are very telling. Michael Keaton as the um, head of the Spotlight team. Mark Ruffalo as the angry man. Rachel McAdams researching. And Lee Schreiber as the editor, the Jewish editor who came in and realized that there was something to investigate and um, encourage the Spotlight team. So to that extent, it works, I think, very well as a film about journalism. Did everyone read Eileen McNamara's column this weekend? That's the Gagan case? Yeah. What's the follow on that? It, it's a column. What kind of follow are you thinking? Uh, well, apparently, this priest molested kids in six different parishes over the last 30 years, and the attorney for the victims, Mr... Uh... Garabedian. Thanks. I mean, Mr. Garabedian says Cardinal Law found out about it 15 years ago and did nothing. Yeah, I think that attorney's a bit of a crank, and the church dismissed the claim. He said, she said. Whether Mr. Garabedian is a crank or not, he says he has documents that prove the Cardinal knew. Uh, as I understand it, those documents are under seal. Okay, but the fact remains a Boston priest abused 80 kids. We have a lawyer who says he can prove Law knew about it, and we've written all of uh, two stories in the last six months. This strikes me as an essential story to a local paper. I think at the very least, uh, we have to go through those documents. How would you like to do that? Well, uh, I don't know what the laws are here, but in Florida, we would go to court. You want to sue the church? Technically, we wouldn't sue the church. We'd file a motion to lift the seal on those documents. The church will read that as us suing them. So will everybody else. Good to know. As regards the subject itself, there's a lot of anger in it. I think some of the characters, especially the Mark Ruffalo 
researcher, is a very angry man. But what I think the film does well, and not disturbing, I was going to say, but the film should be disturbing, but not making audiences over-anxious as regards the actual abuse. Instead of visualising it, I think the film does very well in having victims explain. So it's very much the verbal explanation, which I think most audiences can actually sit through and reflect on. So it doesn't underestimate the reality, the horrible reality of um, sexual abuse, but communicates it that way. So what happened on that first visit, Joe? Well, it was very nice at first, very funny, very casual. And I think he could tell I was gay. So he showed me this mobile he had, like over a baby's crib, mm -hmm. but with different words. Homosexual, transsexual, bisexual. Okay, and did you know you were gay at that time, Joe? <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't information I was sharing with anybody, not in Dorchester. Okay, so what happened after he showed you the mobile? Well, I was a little freaked out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think he could tell. So he said, you know what'll help is if we play strip poker. Of course I lost. And uh, things went on from there. There are very few priests to the fore in Spotlight, even Cardinal Law himself. So they are seen, in a sense, at a distance. And people can reflect on how they handle the situation, how they didn't handle it well. Now, I thought that Michael Keaton was very, very good in this because as much as he was a highly professional journalist, his character, there was also the talk of, oh, you know, why didn't we investigate these when we were getting reports into the newspaper earlier? So there's there's a bit of sort of societal culpability, you know, gently woven in as well, that, that others could have done more to, to uncover this, this horrendous stuff. I was glad to hear those lines when the head of the Victims Association said, we sent you material years ago, and Michael Keaton's character then acknowledged that, because the first major case in the United States that came to public attention was in Louisiana in 1985, and a film was made of that in 1990, already in 1990, I saw it then on television, called Judgment, with Keith Carradine and Blythe Danner as parents, and David Strathairn as the offending priest. And then I realised in terms of dates, they're working in 2001, a reference to some years earlier when they didn't follow it through. But the films about the scandals in Newfoundland, The Boys of St Vincent, they came out in 1992. And coming from Australia, I was very conscious of these issues in the mid-90s. And I remember that the religious orders and the bishops prepared documents of how to look at these situations in 1996. So that's all a bit before 2001. And so I suppose I got a bit irritated in the sense that Spotlight tended to give the impression the Spotlight journalists were the first to discover all of this. But um, no, there was a lot going on. That's not to underestimate what they achieved but a bit of a perspective, perhaps it's a bit over-American triumphalism. So we'd have to say this is an important film in showing how things should be dealt with in the open, with the relevant authorities and so forth. And of course the church has made major strides, it had to, in this. But um, looking at this film in particular, 
I believe you bumped into the director, didn't you? Oh, yes. I've always liked that particular aspect because his films, The Station Agent and The Visitor, were two very impressive films. Tom McCarthy, writer and director. I saw him stranded in Soho some years ago and I thought, it's Tom McCarthy... I'll go up and say hello and tell him I admired his films and regretting that I didn't have my camera with me. He was lost, so I was able to direct him where to go. It's just one of those personal touches, and I have admired all his films except, as I've mentioned to you another time, he did make The Cobbler with Adam Sandler, and I was expecting a very good Adam Sandler film, but it wasn't. Well, ups and downs, I guess. Yes. So, Spotlight an important film. I thought a number of strong performances. We mentioned Michael Keaton. Rachel McAdams, a nice understated but but powerful performance there. And Ruffalo, as you say, very angry, very moved to do something about this. So some very, very strong performances. All in all, definitely, you don't want to say an entertaining film, but a good film that can't be enjoyed particularly, but can be uh, appreciated. And one which many bishops in the United States, and I know some at home in Australia, have recommended people to see. And I found it interesting that the classification that the Catholic News Service in the United States classified it as unobjectionable for adults, which is an endorsement that uh, people really feel free to see it. Peter, thank you very much. Thanks, James.